0: Alright ladies and gents, welcome back to the channel today and have I got a good one for you because I think most people have a job, most people earn money or else how would they buy food and pay for living expenses and housing and everything else. So I think today's video will apply to absolutely everyone or if you're retired then it will apply to one of your family members, and I do have recommendations at the end of this video, so that will also help. So what am I going to talk about today then? Well, I'm going to talk about this incoming jobs crisis, which I really don't think a lot of people have noticed yet. I haven't seen anything in the media just yet. I have dug out some fringe articles today, which again, we'll go over a little bit later on, but I really haven't seen the media noticing this or focusing on this. And this is that. If you think about previous recessions, we've always seen this very similar pattern of job losses and unemployment. Where have they come from? They've come from the blue-collar sector, not the white-collar sector. And and I'll explain what these two things are as well, but they're very, very different. But this time around, I have a theory that the white-collar sector is going to be hit much, much harder than blue collar workers. So firstly, let's just distinguish what the difference between the two are. White collar, and again, people often get this wrong when I'm hearing people talk about this, they're usually way off the mark between white and blue collar. So they assume that white collar are much more intelligent than blue collar workers and they earn lots more money, etc. Maybe that was the case a long, long time ago, decades and decades ago. But it's simply not the case anymore. Yes, white-collar workers often have been to university, blue-collar workers may have done a combination of university or it could be college or it could be on-the-job training, but it certainly isn't the case that one earns a lot more than the other, i.e. white-collar over blue-collar. In recent years, blue-collar has really been coming up now. and and just to list a few uh, jobs, actually. So we have construction workers, truck drivers, manufacturing, mechanics, heavy engineers, electricians, plumbers, carpenters, public services, so public services, uh, firefighters and doctors and nurses, police, uh, all, all these sort of roles. Now, if you think about where we are really growing and what sectors we're growing and where we need to develop, That requires a lot of heavy engineering work, is what I would say. It's not simply a case of you need lots of brain workers, middle managers, and administrators, and all these sort of people. What we're moving into this new sector of development, especially with this green revolution, is a lot of people who can work with both their brain and their hands. We're already seeing a lot of mass layoffs at the moment in the tech sector. And you'll remember six months ago, I I talked about why I thought this may happen. Uh, Very simply, it's not to do necessarily with jobs here, but it was to do with the earnings report. I said that we'd see lower earnings report in a lot of tech, and they would instantly look at how to cut costs and what do companies do almost every time they cut costs in employees, because employees tend to be both the highest cost in a company, but also the most hassle uh, that 's why you have hr departments and you know a lot of if you look at the surveys, a lot of the CEOs and senior management say most of the headaches don 't come in in terms of snags in production and delivery and supply chains, but it comes in managing employees so that was my thesis behind that and we 're starting to see that play out now as well again i 've got an article which shows a couple of the the statistics recently but let me sort of continue on with this and why I think that blue-collar workers will be in high demand. And if you are a blue-collar worker, I don't think you're gonna be as badly affected as a lot of white-collar workers in this next recession that we're moving into. I know that is a very, very contrarian view here, and it probably defies logic and goes against the grain, but let me outline why I think that will happen. So what have we always seen? We've seen decades and decades ago that the manufacturing sectors, especially in the United States and parts of Europe, were offshored. That means they went to places like Taiwan and India and and other developing nations where it was very low-cost wages. So basically, the companies were able to increase their profits by reducing their staff costs on home soil. So that is what we saw. Now, in 2020, when we had a lot of these breakdowns in terms of All sorts of supply chains, factories shuttered, especially in China. A lot of companies started losing money because they simply couldn't get the inventory. So what did they do? They doubled down on their inventory because they didn't know when they would get their next shipment. What this meant was that they got too much inventory, and now you're seeing losses in earnings in terms of a lot of consumer cyclicals and a lot of companies that that supply B2C, so the business to to the customer, with a lot of their products, and they've got too many, so now you're seeing a lot of sales. What else did we see? Well, that was the shipping routes. The shipping went up to such extravagant levels. I mean, you remember when we were tracking the the shipping containers earlier this year, $20,000 as much as for one shipping container. That is why some companies who were bigger started to hire and lease their own freight ships. I mean, how crazy is that? But that's what they started to do, and cargo planes and all these other things, because the cost got so high. Now, What a lot of companies decided upon at that point was, you know what, we can't keep doing this. We're going to lose too much money. So instead, we're going to start bringing some of that manufacturing from overseas Back to home soil, and this is why you've seen a sort of re-emergence of certain uh, blue-collar workers, certain sectors, and you're seeing a lot more training as well now, and what they're calling reskilling. And again, we'll come on to reskilling and why a lot of the the white-collar jobs are being lost and why I believe there's gonna be a lot more lost in the future. And we'll talk about the WEF report that came out at the start of 2020, which also ties in with a lot of this. Now, the other theory I have, and again, this is just a theory, is that in 2024, we've just heard that Donald Trump is going to be running for presidency again. We know that there's a couple of other uh, Republican candidates that want to run for president. Well, here's my theory. If one of these people do win the presidency and it goes back from uh, Democrat to Republican again, I think we could see a a big shift in environmental and energy policies in the USA. Because what did Trump do when he was president? He pulled the USA out of a lot of these climate packs and and things like that, much to the upset of the rest of the, the other countries and the leaders, they were furious about it. But that's what happened, and energy production was ramped up, and as we talked about in yesterday's video, a lot of that was then exported, which brought in more revenue to the United States. So I think this could happen again under a Republican president, and if that were to happen, a lot of the red tape that we talked about yesterday as well, the 10-year to get a a refinery up and running, I think a lot of this would go away. So what you would see then is more energy production on home soil, meaning that the USA wouldn't need to get as much energy from elsewhere, or these are the countries that, uh, you know, the president, current president has been begging uh, Venezuela and Saudi and some of the others for, for more energy, when really, as we identified yesterday, it doesn't matter where the energy is actually produced, it all adds up to the same net emissions anyway. So that's why I think the whole thing is a, a big sham in that the way they say, well, we don't produce it, we just consume the energy it's still the same net effect of CO2 emissions anyway, so it doesn't really make sense. So I think probably what would happen is the energy production would be ramped up again within the USA, meaning that manufacturing costs would be brought down because the energy costs would be cheaper. That means that you could have more manufacturing on home soil. So that is a theory I have for 2024. A couple of other big things that have happened very recently, well actually the first one isn't recent, it's been ongoing, is this trade war between China and the USA which heavily again started under the Trump era but is still going on now and now we've got semiconductors and everything else moving into this and I, I, you remember the video I made on semiconductors as well and why I said that we'd have a lot more production coming to the USA and that is now playing out. In fact Warren Buffett just bought a lot more Shares of TSM, which uh, pushed up the the stock price by 10% in a single day, uh, but expect that to sort of level out now. But that's what he did. TSM is Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Corporation. Because I haven't really changed my view on this going back two or three years now, in that I do think this is going to be uh, continue to be a growing sector. Yeah, okay. 2023 will probably see less demand on semiconductor chips, but long term i do see this as a strong sector and a lot of these chip manufacturers are significantly undervalued in terms of their their stock price right now if you don't understand what i'm talking about you can uh, see in the description below i have a a stock market course and it explains all of these concepts but the other thing that we've just seen and this is the new one is that there's now 28 billion dollars pledged to new green energy renewable energy incentives within the usa Now, you think about where all the money is going. And again, it's the same concept when I talk about real estate investing. Do you invest into a property, into a city that is dying and manufacturing is leaving? Or do you invest into a city where you've got lots of new jobs going to it, loads of manufacturing, you've got tech firms setting up there, the government's investing in infrastructure and transport? Where do you think the most growth is going to be? obviously in the latter. So when you think about this $28 billion worth of of new business that is going to be coming online, what do they need for that? Well, they need blue-collar workers. They need a lot of engineers and scientists and some very smart people, but who can also actually work with their hands. Now, I do want to go over to the shared screen here for a moment because there's a lot of other things that I want to tie in here, including AI artificial intelligence and how this is really wiping out a lot of white collar jobs and will continue to do so over the next few years. So let's do that now. Now, I just want you to pay attention to the official unemployment rate of the usa so it's currently sitting at around 3.7 percent this actually isn't accurate it's a long way off and we look at the united kingdom as well and it sat around the same 3.6 percent Now, you've noticed it's jumped up very slightly, both of them, from last month, but this is to be expected as we go into this recessionary period. But I did want to show you this document here, which is quite interesting, and it is heavily focused on the USA. So even though there's an unemployment rate of 3.5% at the moment, the true rate of unemployment, according to their statistics, is around 22.3%. And we, so many of you who follow statistics will understand this uh, based on the U rates that you can look up on the FRED data. But I just want to show you here the headline rate that the government puts out and their rate, which is the true rate. And as you can see, as always with most government stats, it is very, very different from the facts. The other reason I said this is about the USA is that in many other countries, we don't really separate the statistics based on race. But in the USA, this is quite a Uh, common thing to do. Uh, So black, Hispanic and white, 24.8%, 23.5% and 21.8%. So you can see the the statistics here, the the difference between is not that big. There's really only 3% in it between the highest and the lowest here. But where there is a big difference is between male and female unemployment, male at 17.2% and female at 28.1%. Now again, this isn't broken down as to exactly why, but I would assume there's an 11% difference here. A lot of it because many women may be staying at home to raise families, I don't think all of it is due to you know sexism in the workplace. I'm sure that there may be some of that, but I don't think this entire 11% would be due to that. And then we have um, it broken down even further in terms of um, education level, which is quite interesting actually. So 12% in advanced degrees, 15.3% in bachelor's degree, 23.9% with some college, 25.3% with a high school diploma, and 46.9% with no high school. So again, the USA is very different from other countries in that there is a lot of emphasis on your qualifications and what level of uh, education and schooling that you have actually had. Now let's look at the hourly wages then in manufacturing. And you can see that this has uh, changed quite dramatically this year. If we go back to January of 2022, You can see that it has been slowly rising throughout the year, which is what we'd expect, especially if we're pulling more manufacturing back to the USA. Now, in terms of sectors, then, what are the top sectors, especially if you're looking to uh, actually, you know, you may be a young person, you may be uh, looking at reskilling, retraining at the moment. What are industries that are quite popular right now? Uh, Chemicals, which is one that I'd agree with, I've seen a lot of movement in the chemical space recently, computer and electronic products, food and beverage products, aerospace, and other transport equipment, motor vehicles and parts, uh, machinery, yes, I think we're gonna see movement in a lot of these, but in terms of motor vehicles and parts here, I wouldn't expect this to perform as well over the next two to three years as we go through this recession. Now, I wanted to show you some of this that I pulled from a Business Insider article, which I thought was quite interesting. American manufacturers are increasingly bringing production back to the U.S. to reduce their reliance on global supply chains that prove vulnerable to disruption, such as during the pandemic. An overwhelming majority of American companies with production operations in China have already moved some back to the U.S. or plan to do so in the next three years. Almost four in five corporations, so this is 80%, have already shifted production to the U.S. And at least 15% are considering it due to high tariffs and ongoing supply chain challenges. Uh, I'm not sure if that is accurate. 80% seems a little bit uh, high to me, but who knows? Um, General Motors announced in January it would spend $7 billion on four plants in Michigan last year it spent almost 40 billion buying parts from some 5600 us suppliers so what we're seeing here as we go through is that a lot of these big american companies are bringing back production. GE Appliances as well. Uh, Intel as well, $12 billion on two chip factories near Phoenix due to open in 2024. Again, meaning more jobs to the areas. US Steel is investing $3 billion for a factory as well in Arkansas. Another one for $2.7 billion in Brandburg, Kentucky, uh, with construction starting later this year. Again, and what do they need for these construction uh, jobs? They need construction workers. So again, another example of a lot more blue collar workers required. Generac power systems move some production from China to the US. At Lockheed Martin $16.5 million into a new missile system integration lab facility in Alabama. So we can see where all of this is going. And this is the 28 billion I mentioned in the new clean energy manufacturing investment announcement. So this is a Forbes article from earlier in the year. Again, Very interesting, worth uh, actually reading this because it talks about where a lot of this investment is going, where a lot of these new factories are being built. Now, I mentioned that there's a lot of these layoffs at the moment, and we've covered some of them before. And as we know, Meta is about to lay off 11,000 if it hasn't already occurred. Um, Just as we go through just so many layoffs, and if you look here, you'll notice the pattern that I've noticed and that a lot of them, not all, look, here's one in manufacturing here, but a lot of them are software-based. So Twitter, again, Amazon e-commerce, We're seeing a lot of these are actually digital space. So again, these are white collar, not necessarily blue collar workers. And this just goes on and on. Open Door, Seagate Technology, Microsoft. But this is the one I wanted to talk about a little bit. So will robots replace humans at e-commerce giant Amazon? But... We can replace this part at the you know, Amazon with a lot of other companies. Uh, this is their Sparrow robot, which now does all of this packaging and, or, or should I say packing. Um, we already talked previously, I did a, a video on Amazon and what they were doing with these robots that transport all sorts of things around the, the warehouse now. And I do always find it funny when, you know, their, their sort of chief exec or whoever it is says, it's not machines replacing people, It's actually machines and people working together in order to do collaborations to do a job. Well, uh, yeah, kind of, but not really. It is replacing people. Bottom line, it is replacing jobs. If a job like that can replace four or five people, then yeah, you might have an engineer that works on you know a few of these robots and looks after it but they've still replaced four or five people per robot but it's not just in manufacturing and packaging we're now having software robots who are actually gaining ground in the white collar office world as well first they came for factory jobs then they showed up in service industries now machines are making inroads into the kind of white collar office work once thought to be the exclusive preserve of humans and they're doing all sorts of things now, these, these software and these computers, AI, even speech recognition and making decisions that previously only human beings could make. And that is because they are advancing so much and, and this software is becoming more and more intelligent as time goes by. We all know about the singularity, which was supposed to be 2100. Now they've brought it to 2050 and now they're saying it could be 2040. It wouldn't be surprised me if they said now it's 2035 or whatever. But this is what Amazon has just announced in the last couple of days. They're going to cut 10,000 jobs. And again, where is it? Is it in manufacturing? No, it's in the office space. Now, Amazon's share price has fallen by more than 40% this year as it grapples with a slowdown in online sales. Again, this isn't a surprise. We talked about this Uh, earlier in the year when we talked about this as a consumer cyclical stock and that As energy costs and food costs went up, that spending on Amazon and other platforms would come down. But let me get on to the other thing I wanted to show you here. So, again, another WEF, and this is going back to 2020. So, they knew back then that the workforce was going to be automating faster than expected, displacing 85 million jobs in the next five years. And they talked very clearly about where these jobs losses would be going. So data entry, accounting, admin support, but overall a lot of white collar. And um, they have this whole model here that is worth looking at all this stuff. Um, Some of it's a bit unusual, which is, you know, exactly what you'd expect actually from AI and how it's going to be developed and um, digital identity, justice and law, supply chains, migration, a lot of Strange stuff on here. But as we wrap up this video, if you want to read this jobs report, it is quite interesting because remember, these people are like Nostradamus, the WEF. They seem to predict everything with almost pinpoint accuracy. But this is quite interesting if you want to have a look at their jobs report because it does give you a pretty good indication of where we are going to. So I said at the start that I'd wrap up by giving a couple of recommendations of my own, especially. If you are in that headspace right now that's confused, that, you know, there's nothing worse than confusion. I, I know I get it sometimes myself where I've got to make a decision and it's a really difficult one and it's, it's stressful sometimes. So I, I kind of get it, uh, or I completely get it. If you're in that space, or maybe a family member, or friend, or partner, and you're not really sure what to do, whether that's going to university or college right now or whether you're gonna reskill, move industry, should you go to this industry over that industry. Here's probably what I would say. If I were looking to go to university right now or to start some new kind of training, I probably would avoid these these areas where I just don't think there's gonna be a large demand for it over the next few years. And I don't think it will come as any surprise after we've just gone through all of this video here that I think this is gonna be heavily in the white collar worker sector where I would be looking towards, especially if you like working with your hands and you like uh, problem solving, maybe you like engineering or um, there's so many sectors here really, electrician or a plumber or you want to work with semiconductor chips or you want to go and work at SpaceX or something like that. Personally, if it were me, that is the direction I would be moving towards if I were a lot younger and looking to sort of reskill, retrain or, or to very much focus on these sort of sectors, because we know where the focus is going. It's going into a lot of renewables as well. This requires a lot of brain work as well as a lot of heavy engineering work. Do we need lots more managers and HR specialists and uh, bookkeepers and accountants and um, things like this? I'd say probably not. We, we've got a lot of these people already. I'm sure a lot of you work in these sectors, so you know yourself. It's already very much saturated as a job or as a sector or as an industry. So if it were me, that is where I would not be focusing. I'd be focusing, if it were me, more towards high-paying, focus on the word high-paying, blue-collar work, especially over the next few years. I hope that helped today and I finally was able to get out my thoughts and my, you know, my theories on where I think jobs are going and why. I hope you enjoyed the video. Uh, Please share it with anyone you think uh, might be interested. Apart from that, take care, God bless, and I will see you tomorrow.